If you're anything like me, you're not drinking nearly as much water as you should. As much as we want to be healthy, sometimes it's hard to pick up that water bottle full of boring, plain water over and over again. Thankfully, I discovered Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a delicious water additive that has five essential vitamins, three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, and hydrates two times faster than water alone. I love Liquid IV when I'm traveling because as much as I don't want to use an airplane bathroom, it is so important to stay hydrated when you're flying. Trust me, you'll feel so much better if you do. The packaging is super convenient and you can easily bring your empty water bottle through security, fill it up in the terminal, and add your favorite flavor of Liquid IV. I'm obsessed with the new strawberry lemonade flavor right now, but honestly you can't go wrong with any of them. Liquid IV is made with premium ingredients and is also gluten, dairy, and soy free, which is really such an added bonus. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDGINGYOU with no spaces at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code JUDGINGYOU with no spaces at liquidiv.com. Hello, everybody. Hello. My name is Shannon. I'm Alyssa. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Judging Judging You. And this week is our third installment of Spooktober. I don't know what that jingle was, (laughs) but it's the least spooky thing that's come out of my mouth in a while. What are we doing today, Alyssa? Today... We're true crime and <gasps> Ooh, fun. Yes. Exactly. I thought about doing a movie, mm-hmm. but it's an extremely long movie, so I would have had to break it down into a couple of parts. Gotcha. And I didn't know if I wanted to do that. That's fair. Or if I wanted to do, I tell you guys the first half of the movie or like a, a quarter of it or something, and then tell you to go watch it yourselves because it's a movie I've been trying to get people to watch for a oh, very long time. It's not nice. So, and I was like, <laughs> that could be fun. But maybe. But then I remember the first part of the movie is very slow because it's a mm-hmm. lot of the world building and stuff. So, yeah. like, yeah. But today we are going to be doing a true crime case. Sweet. And this is another one of those that I'm going to be banging down the pearly fence or pearly gates, <laughs> pearly fence, you know, the gate. Yes. And being like, the fuck yeah. happened? Because. Okay. Yeah. Unsolved? It's unsolved. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let me take you back. Um, to the lovely wintry time of Christmas. Oh no! Why? Yes. Why are they all at Christmas time? I don't know. This is literally the third one we've done that was around Christmas time. And this, the the funniest part happens here in a second. That's that's funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> not. I mean, kwinkadinkle is oh, all. Okay. So like, okay. yeah. So yes, I said most families spend Christmas Eve nestled together, singing Christmas songs, reading stories to one another, or venturing out to look at Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Anticipation for Santa and the gifts the next morning keeping the children well up past their bedtimes. However, for the Sauter family, this night of peace and calm would quickly turn into the worst night of their lives. Yeah. George Sauter immigrated to America in 1908. At the age of 13, with an older brother who, the moment George cleared customs, returned back home. Oh. For the rest of his life, George would speak very little of his family or why he left home. Sauter eventually found work on the railroads in Pennsylvania, carrying water and other supplies to workers. After a few years, he took more permanent work as a driver in Smithers, West Virginia. He then started his own trucking company, initially hauling dirt or hauling fill dirt to construction sites and later hauling coal mines to, in the region. 
Jenny Cipriani. Uh, Cipriani. It's Italian. Okay. So, a store worker's daughter in Smithers, who had also immigrated from Italy in her childhood, became George's wife. The Sodders settled outside nearby or nearby Fayetteville. Oh. I was okay. like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I was doing my notes. I was like, I did not plan that. <laughs> so, I know. Christmas, Fayetteville. Yeah, that's funny. It's, yeah. I was like, what the like but, 50 years difference here, but yep. yeah, but still. <laughs> I know. I should have probably kept these for Christmas, but I was like, <laughs> that's okay. it was fine. It was fine. It's spooky. So... Let's see. The Sodder settled by out, uh, outside nearby Fayetteville, which had a large population of Italian immigrants, in a two-story timber house north of town. In 1923, they had the first of their ten children. Oh, my God. George's business <laughs> prospered, and they became one of the most respected middle-class families around. Oh, okay. However, George had strong opinions about many subjects and was not shy about expressing them, sometimes alienating people. In particular, his strident opposition to the Italian dictator Benito Mussolini had led to some strong arguments with other members of the immigrant community. <laughs> the last of the Sodder children, Sylvia, was born in 1942. By then, their second oldest son, Joe, who some, like, he's 21, some people said that he was the oldest son, okay. and he left, but other, like, uh, I've seen, I don't know, I've seen two different sources saying that, like, he was the second oldest, and then one saying he was the oldest. So I don't... I'm not entirely sure. One of their sons, who was 21, mm-hmm. had left home to serve in the military during World War II. The following year, Mussolini was deposed and executed. However, George's criticisms of the late dictator had left some hard feelings. His previous boss, Ferenzo Giannatello, strongly disagreed with George's opinions on Mussolini. Despite their differences, though, the two remained close friends after George left to start his own business. And this, I don't get... Why this was a thing, I don't understand. Okay. But at this time, George had a $1,500 mortgage insurance clause that would be payable to Janatello. For some reason, if something happened to the house, the insurance would pay Janatello, not not George. He, like, helped pay for the house to be built or something? Possibly. I could not find any reason as to why. Like, as a loan situation? Yeah, I'm not sure. Weird. So. Okay. No idea. But who um, he allegedly increased the insurance to um, seventeen thousand fifty without the knowledge or permission of the Sauter family. Jeez, that's a lot of money back then, yeah, right? Which he uh, received the entire payout on after the family's tragedy. Oh, good. It's also alleged that Janatello tried to trick George into signing an additional life insurance policy. George and Jenny refused this insurance, and Janatella was furious, saying, quote, Your goddamn house is going up in smoke. Your children are going to be destroyed, and you will pay for the dirty remarks you have been making about Mussolini. So we do know who did it, mm-hmm. is what you're telling me. But <laughs> police are saying that it wasn't that. Okay. So, yeah. George was puzzled by the observation since he had just had the house rewired with an electrical stove or when an electrical stove was installed and the local electric company had said afterwards it was safe. So he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you're fine. In weeks before Christmas that year, George's older sons also noted a strange car parked along the main highway through town. It's occupants watching the younger Sodder children as they returned home from school. Yeah. Uh, Someone else also had come out. I forgot to write that down. I suck. Oh, I missed, I missed it. No, I did write it down. I missed it. Um, Before another visitor uh, to the house, uh, ostensibly, 
ostensibly there you go there we go seeking work took the occasion to go around to the back of the house and warn george that the pair or that a pair of fuse boxes would cause a fire someday that's where george was puzzled sorry Mm. um so yeah someone who was like hey do you need help on the land and so let me you know and oh those fuse boxes don't look good they're gonna cause a fire like that's just sus, you know? Okay. It's just really weird that all these people are saying shit about his house. Like, it was very strange. Right? It's just stupid. Anyway, okay, back to where I was. Sorry. <laughs> the Sauter family celebrated on Christmas Eve in 1945. Marion, 19, the oldest daughter, had been working at a dime store in downtown Fayetteville, and she surprised her three younger sisters, Martha, age 12, Jenny, age 8, and Betty, age 5, with new toys she had bought them for gifts Aww. the younger children were so excited they asked their mother if they could stay up past what would have been their usual bedtime at 10 p.m jenny told them that they could stay up a little later as long as the two oldest boys who were still awake 14 year old maurice and his nine-year-old brother lewis um, remembered to put the cows in and feed the chickens before going to bed themselves george and the two oldest boys john and george jr who was 16 uh, or John, 22, George Jr., 16, mm-hmm. had spent the day... Yeah, John, Joe, George Jr., like... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Also, fucking um, George's middle name was Luis, so you're just George Luis, you're like, and then you named your younger brother Luis, and stuff. like, it's just... Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, but I mean, it was the 1940s. Everybody was George and John, and yeah. all the girls were named Brittany, <laughs> and like... <it's, laughs> So solid joke. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, let's see. They had spent the day working with their father and were already asleep. After reminding the children of those remaining chores, she took Sylvia too upstairs with her and they went to bed together. So that means that the oldest sister who was 19 was downstairs with her three younger sisters and two younger brothers. Okay. Okay. The telephone rang at 1230 AM. Jenny woke and went downstairs to answer it. The caller was a woman whose voice she did not recognize, asking for a name she was not familiar with, with the sound of laughter and clinking glasses in the background. Jenny told the caller that she had reached a wrong number, later recalling the woman had a weird laugh. Okay. She hung up and returned to bed. As she did, she noticed the lights were still on and the curtains were not drawn, two things the children normally attended to when they stayed up later than their parents. Marion had fallen asleep on the living room couch. So Jenny assumed the other children who had stayed up later had gone back up to the attic where they slept. She closed the curtains, turned out the lights, and returned to bed. At 1 a.m., Jenny again uh, was again awakened by the sound of an object hitting the roof with a loud bang, then a rolling noise. After hearing nothing further, she went back to sleep. Uh, after another half hour, she awoke again, smelling smoke. Mm. When she got up again, she found uh, that the room George used for his office was on fire around the telephone line and fuse box. Jenny woke him, and uh, he in turn woke his older sons. Both parents and four of their children, Marion, Sylvia, John, and George Jr., escaped the house. They frantically yelled for the children upstairs, but heard no response. They could not go up the stairs. The stairway itself uh, was already aflame. John said in his first police interview after the fire that he went into the attic to alert his siblings siblings sleeping there, though he later changed his story to say that he could or he only called up there and did not actually see them. Hmm. Efforts to find aid and rescue for the children were unexpectedly complicated. 
The phone did not work, so Marion ran to a neighbor's house to call the Fayetteville Police Department. She tried to pick up their phone downstairs, and it just... There was no... That's right. Yeah, nothing. Right. So she ran to a neighbor's house to call the Fayetteville Fire Department. A driver on the nearby road had also seen the flames and called from a nearby tavern. They, too, were unsuccessful because they could not reach the operator or because the phone were turned out to be broken. I'm not sure what that meant exactly. That's just the only thing. Neither of them, however, the only thing that they know is that they could not reach the operator. Just kept ringing. That's weird. And um, a lot of people are like, what was Christmas Eve? It was Christmas Eve. The fucking emergency services. Right? (laughs) I just, yeah. The operator should be working all the time. Exactly. I know. And you sit there and you think, 1945? Yeah, that was clearly like the 1900s. They barely even had telephones back then. I'm like, no, this was World War II. Yeah. Telephones were in every house, basically, at that point. You know, like, so. This is definitely more common. Yeah. They would have a telephone and stuff, you know. Either the neighbor or the passing motorist was eventually successful in reaching the fire department from another phone in the center of town. George Barefoot attempted to climb the house's outside wall and broke open a window, cutting his arm in the process. He and his sons intended to use a ladder to the attic to rescue the other children. And he normally had this really big ladder that he used for his business all the time and just, you know, stuff around the house. It's a two-story house. Yeah. You fix everything yourself back then. Exactly. Yeah. And he kept it uh, on the side of his house. But it was not there. So, and they still have no idea where the ladder is. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was not in its usual spot against the house and could not be found nearby. He attempted to scoop water from a barrel that they kept by the house. However, unfortunately, it was frozen solid. Oh, good. George then tried to pull both of his trucks he used in his business up to the house and try to climb them into the attic window. But neither of them would start, despite having worked perfectly during the previous day. Can you imagine how distraught you would be Mm -hmm. if your children were in a burning building and literally everything you were trying was like, fuck you? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel so I just, I don't know. I personally would have, like, been back in the house and up the stairs at that case. But, like, at that point, like, would the stairs even be able to hold me going up? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But frustrated, the six Sodders who had escaped had no choice but to watch the house burn down and collapse over the next 45 minutes. Hmm. They assumed the other five children had perished in the blaze. uh, And the whole time they were screaming out to them, just calling their names. And they said that not once... Did they hear a peep back? Mm-hmm. Not even a scream. Okay. Nothing. They assumed that the other five children had, appar- had perished in the blaze. The fire department, low on manpower due to the war and relying on individual firefighters, so they were just all volunteers, yeah. to call each other, did not respond until later that morning. Oh. Chief F.J. Morris said the next day that he had already... Uh, that the already slow response was further hampered by his inability to drive the fire truck, requiring that he wait until someone who could drive was available. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Get in the car. Yeah. And go help these people. Exactly. And, and like, and this was still at a time where they didn't have the breathing apparatuses to try to go in. Like, the, like they haven't even really had those breathing apparatuses till like, the 90s. Yeah. Like, even in the 80s, they were still going in just being like, hello. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just praying. Praying that they could you know, breathe through the fire enough to, yeah, to get to people. Yeah, not smoke inhalation themselves. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Did you know that the firefighters now have this really cool thing on their suits that if they stop moving for more than 16 seconds, it starts blaring? 
So if a firefighter goes down somewhere, if they're injured or they're stuck, the other firefighters can hear where they are and will go and try to rescue them. So like if they got like a beam fell down and been, you know, beamed them in the head and they're down and unconscious. Yeah. It just starts beeping automatically after 16 seconds. That's cool. So and because I mean, obviously, I just got knocked unconscious. I can't call for help i can't activate it it just automatically goes off if they're not moving and i'm like that is so fucking dope very like, smart yeah yeah the firefighters one of whom was a brother of jenny's could do little but look through the ashes that were left in the solder's basement by 10 a.m morris told the solders that they had not found any bones as might have been expected if the other children had been in the house as it burned According to another account, they did find a few bone fragments and internal organs, but chose not to tell the family. And we'll talk more about that later. um, It has also been noted a modern fire uh, professionals that their search was cursory at best. Right. So like they were basically just like, like, oh, no bones here. No no children here. Kick, kick, nothing. Like, honestly, though, I would have been (laughs) digging through every inch of that house. Like, I don't fucking care if it was still smoldering i would have wanted to know where my children were yep. you know like i don't even have kids but <laughs> yeah nevertheless morris believed that the five children unaccounted for had died in the fire suggesting it had been hot enough to burn their bodies completely hmm. the final conclusion from the investigators was that the fire had started um by faulty wiring of course the two fuse boxes in the back devastated the solders collected ash from the site and buried it in a box in place of graves for their five lost children intending to memorialize the site with a garden george covered the area with five feet of dirt just four days later death certificates were issued just after the new year with even without finding the bodies i don't like where this is going because i can feel it and i don't like it (laughs) george and jenny solder though heartbroken didn't let that distract them from the inconsistencies that they were seeing with the investigation, Mm -hmm. such as the fire station taking over six hours to respond. Even though it was a holiday and the station was currently volunteer-based due to the war, Morris was wrong for not responding until the morning. Yep. Like, I mean, and, and, I mean, sure, houses probably burned a lot faster back then. 45 minutes is all it took to completely take out that house. And you're telling me that just... An electrical fire started that? Yeah. Like, just an electrical fire? I just don't believe that, you know? Let's see. It also didn't entirely explain why the phone operators weren't responding. Some people, again, were saying, oh, it's Christmas Eve. Like, you know, I don't care. Nope. I do not care. You have a job? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably why, you know, stuff like this is probably the reason why there's way more you know, people able to respond and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the reason there's like 911 as mm-hmm. a centralized thing. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm like, could you imagine like, hello operator, can you connect me with the fire department? One moment, please. <laughs> you know, like connecting wires into holes. Yeah. yeah. No, thank no. You. Yeah. It's so much easier to just dial 911 and yeah. call for help. Let's see. Second, why were there no human remains found? Mm-hmm. The house went down in under an hour. There's no way a fire could have burned hot enough to completely burn through the bones. Jenny went and asked an employee at a local crematorium if that was even possible. The employee told her that even after three or four hours in temperatures ranging from 1400 to 2000 degrees Fahrenheit, bones still remain. An average house fire burns at 1100 degrees Fahrenheit, Mm -hmm. nowhere near hot enough to eradicate bones. Even household appliances found in the basement were identifiable. Jenny started doing her own experiments, burning animal bones and still able to identify the bones. Like, she would just burn them as hot as she could get them. Yeah. And she was still like, that's a bone. Like, Mm -hmm. so. 
However, not long after the fire, a local bus driver came forward with his account of the evening, claiming to see, I don't know where he was when this was happening, unless he was just driving past their house. Okay. I don't know, you know, and if that's the case, why were you not, I, why were you not rushing to the house to tell them this was going on? Right. I'm like, there's a few things that I'm just so confused and it makes you wonder, like, did that even happen? Were you just making this up because you want to be, like, part of the story? Because yeah. people do that shit all the time oh, and yeah. stuff. I just don't know. Claiming to see balls of fire being tossed on the roof just before the fire broke out. Hmm. A day or so later, Jenny came across what she thought was a green pineapple lying in the yard um, <laughs> where the home had once stood. After turning the item over to the authorities, they were told that it was an incendiary device. Oh, my God. Jenny was positive the fire was a result of arson, remembering how the fire started at the top floor and moved lower. The investigators denied this and still believe the fuse box was the cause of the fire and could have just started the fire higher up. Something called a chimney fire. Flames sometimes pass um, from one floor to the next without passing outwards. And they normally pass through the walls and they just keep going up and up. Mm -hmm. And then when they reach the top and there's nowhere else to go, then they start to spread out. And so it can happen. But we're just going to ignore the firebomb they mm-hmm. found? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that why would they have had that in their house? Why, why would it have been in their grass? Like, no. just, yeah. No. But if the bus driver did see the fireballs, who was throwing them? Yeah. You know? Another witness came forward and said he saw two men stealing equipment from George's business. Oh, and George, uh, like, removes engines from old trucks and stuff, too. Like, he just, he does a lot of different things. And he has a um, pretty expensive equipment that would, like, help raise the engines out and stuff. Like, you know, it was yeah. just a bunch of pulleys and ropes, basically. But it was pretty expensive for the time. Right. And anyway, but this man knew who the two men were. Dave Adkins and Lonnie Johnson, the owners of a beer joint just in Fayetteville. However, only Lonnie Johnson was interviewed as Dave Adkins joined the army to avoid persecution. (laughs) So, you know, he just up and outed. Yeah. But Lonnie's testimony was uh, that he confessed to stealing the items that they were stealing because that's, you know, that's what we were doing. Yeah. And that he also confessed to cutting what he thought was a power line, but turned out to be the phone line to the house. However, the phone line was 14 feet up in the air. He did not confess to taking the family's ladder Uh and using that to cut the phone line. But But he he just accidentally cut it. He just, yeah. Somehow. So they don't know if he took the ladder and took took it with him too, kind of a thing. Why was he cutting the power? Mm -hmm. Trying to. I have no idea. Like, he never explains why he does that. What the fuck? He was stealing the equipment and cut the power line, or what he thought was the power line, but was, in fact, the phone line. Okay. So, no idea. It is a possibility that he took the ladder to do it, because, like, that is a fantastic explanation of why the ladder was missing and yeah. why your phone line was cut. Yeah. So, Especially if it's clear up there. Yeah. yeah. 14 feet in the air. Yeah. So, I don't even know if a ladder could reach that high. I mean, if it's, like, a 12-foot ladder. Or a 10 foot ladder that you're standing on. I guess. I guess I'm just short. So yeah. There's that. <laughs> Let's see. Also, the police did admit that they didn't really investigate Lonnie, Dave, um, or the Sodder's former employer, Forenzo, very carefully. Cool for you. Right. Another thing that plagues many to this day, including the rest of the family, was why after shouting uh, for the five children for an hour, did they not hear a single response from them? Mm-hmm. Investigators believe the children had either suffocated in their sleep from the smoke, which is Possibly. a very high p- possibility if they were upstairs in the attic 
where they were sleeping and the fire broke out in the attic, they could have been breathing in smoke the entire time and had just passed in their sleep, which I hope is what happened to them, genuinely. don't know what happened to them. No. <gasps> so, uh, well, that's that's the thing. We Some people think they know. Other people are like, no, we have no idea. So, the, the children had either suffocated in their sleep or had been too frightened to flee their rooms, staying in small, tight spaces and uh, to escape the flames, only to die by the fire or lack of air, mm-hmm. which is what happens to a lot of children. They say most children, they've like done a lot of like studies and stuff. Most children under the age of 12 will immediately hide yeah. Because they're just trying to stay away from the flames and the heat. And um, that's why it's so important to be teaching children, this is what you're supposed to do in case of a fire. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyway. Uh, but the Sodders were not convinced of this conclusion to the children's death. The couple remembered during the fire that lights were still on in the house. Um, so, how could this be from faulty wiring? George demanded investigators look at the site one more time. So four years later, they did. Oh my! He had been spending four years demanding that they do this, right? Jesus. Strangely, investigators found four small bones in what was once the basement. The bones were sent out to be investigated to the Smithsonian Institute (laughs) for identification. The bones were from the same set of lumbar, from a same set of lumbar vertebrae with fused transverse recesses and i don't entirely know what that means okay but i think from my understanding is once you reach a certain age your bones start to stay there obviously you're not growing anymore and stuff and they're saying that that could only be after puberty right which they believed that this um, these set of vertebrae belonged to someone between the ages of 16 to 18 and was highly improbable for it to have belonged to 14-year-old Maurice, who was the oldest child that was not accounted for. To the new the fuck. George and the Smithsonian both noticed something immediately about the bones. Uh, no charring or burning, um, never even being exposed to fire could be found. Um, as if the fire, or as if the bones had been placed there after the fire. Investigators believe that the bones came from the five feet of dirt that George had put over the family site, like, which is a possibility. People yeah. find shit like that all the time, you know. Um, but, or it was possibly placed there after the fire, before the dirt, to placate the family, hoping that someone would find it and be like, "Oh, there's our children," Ugh. you know. After the Smithsonian's findings, there were two court hearings trying to fight to reopen the case, but both were denied. Um, the only way, or the judge said, I'm so sorry, but unfortunately, the only way for me to reopen this case is evidence of kidnapping. So, mm. George attempted to contact the FBI asking for help, but J. Edgar Hoover replied, saying that they would be unable to help as the case does not fall under their jurisdiction. However, they would be very willing to investigate, given permission from local authorities. But both police and fire um, declined that permission. Mm. Yep. Mm. So the FBI was like, yeah, we can come out. We just have to, like, be told we can. And the police were said, there's no reason to. There's no reason. Not that it's costing you anything other than you not being able to swing your big dick around. Other than your ego. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Oh, my God. Yep. Um... So what happened to the Sodder siblings? Mm-hmm. George believes that the children were kidnapped just before the fire and are still alive. Or, at were, the time, yeah. still alive. If they were, the the oldest would be in his 80s right now. So, yeah. and um, I don't know. It may be. But 
I don't know why they would keep them alive. Exactly. Makes no sense. Um, Most people believe this to be the ramblings of a grief-stricken father until there were some sightings. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm invested. (laughs) A woman outside of Fayetteville claims that she saw the five slaughter children peering out the window of a passing car the night of the fire. A waitress in a diner between Fayetteville and Charleston, West Virginia, says she served the children breakfast on Christmas morning and watched them leave in a car with Florida license plates. I'm sorry. Here's here's my thing, though. Okay. Five children. Yep. Five. Yep. So you're telling me that somebody could have been driving around with five children. And the police weren't like, yeah, that's true. That's them, you know? Right. But. Also, how did you, I mean, I guess fear can do a lot, but mm-hmm. like five of them? Yeah. You can just take and control well, five of them? most of them were, let's see, 12, 8, 5, 9, and 14. I feel like that's old enough to do some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Unless you're just terrified. Yeah. But like you're taking these children out to breakfast? Mm-hmm. That seems weird. It's weird to me, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) So, four to five weeks later, after the fire, an employee at a hotel in Charleston claimed to have checked the soldered children into a room along with four adults, two males and two females. The party arrived at the hotel around midnight, um, the adults speaking Italian to one another. When the clerk attempted to make small talk with the children, the party went silent and rushed off to their room and checked out extremely early the next morning. In 1947, George spies a photo of school children from a newspaper in New York and believes one of the girls is his daughter, Betty, who would have been seven. Oh, my God. I would lose my mind. Right? Uh, A woman at a a convent claimed Martha was with her. Even Davenport, California, had an anonymous letter saying one of the soldered children was going to school there. All sightings led investigators to dead ends, but George never lost hope and personally went and spoke to these witnesses himself, though was never able to come up with anything and came home heartbroken each time. Oh, good dad, though. Right? And that's, like, that's, I don't know, because there's, there was a couple of people that were like, oh, they probably, the children probably died for insurance and whatnot and stuff. And, and oh, and he was probably trying to, to hide the fact that he killed his five kids and stuff. And I'm like, why? Why? For what reason? For what reason? Yeah. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. Because why would he keep trying as long and as hard as he did Mm -hmm. if he was... I mean, I guess if you really want to cover up your story. But I feel like at that point, they would just be like, oh, no, my children. Yeah. And be like, well, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, exactly. Like, Uh, if anyone knows anything, please tell me. Like, you know, maybe every couple of years come out and be like, does anyone know where my children are? No. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe that. John Sauter believed, or John, one of the the brothers, Uh um, believed that if his siblings were still alive, they would have most likely been taken to Italy. Most people thought this to be a silly idea until the Sauters received a postcard in 1968. The envelope had no return address, but postmarked in Kentucky. The envelope contained a picture of a dark-haired young man, possibly in his 20s. That's the picture. Shut up. Mm -hmm. On the back was written, Louis Sauter. I love Brother Frankie, Ill Ill Boys, A90132, or 135. They weren't entirely sure if if it was a two or a five. So, Jenny and George were immediately convinced the boy was their youngest son, Louis. That boy on the the right. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the best part is that, like, I I couldn't find a picture um, that wasn't... Anyway. But the other pictures I've seen, they have the same ears. Their ears were both just massive. 
So, like, which those are, I mean, those are fairly normal size for adult, but, like, those are also kind of big ears. And his ears were just so big. Like, he was so cute, right? Anyways, uh, the Sodders fears, um, feared releasing the information to the police would put their son in danger. So they hired a private investigator to go to Kentucky where the letter had been postmarked. Unfortunately, the detective left for Kentucky with the Sodders money and was never seen or heard from again. Fuck that guy. Or did he find out what was going true, on? True, true, true. Okay, I'll take back. And the did bus. he get mafia okay. hit? I just, personally, Oof. I think he stole the money and, and ditched. That's what I think. But yeah, I don't if know. Someone saw him on their tail. Like, yeah. I guess they. Could've. I don't know how much they paid him to do that. So yeah, it could have been. Yeah. But while George and Jenny aren't sure what the message on the back of the picture meant, yeah. some believe that the numbers are zip codes for Palmero, Italy. What is the ill ill? <laughs> like, what? I'm not sure. Okay. And whose brother, Frankie? Like, no idea. That's weird. Yep. Um, unless they had been dropped off with other families in Italy and, I don't know, just had them live out their lives and stuff. Like, just... Yeah. Yeah. Because I fully believe the younger children could have been convinced long enough they, you know, we, that was just you don't know who those people are or oh your parents are dead so sad you have to live with family here right kind of well, a thing like, what are you gonna do when you're dropped off in italy mm-hmm. like you can't ugh. exactly ugh. yeah yeah in the 1940s as yeah. a child you're not like, going anywhere you're not going anywhere no yeah it's the middle of the war yeah you're not going anywhere you're not going anywhere yep the qui- or the family quickly lost faith in law enforcement and erected a billboard for their children or with their children's faces on them and handed out flyers offering five thousand dollars which was on the flyers i saw the flyers it said five thousand and on the billboard it said ten thousand so i don't mm-hmm. know anyway okay but yep um reward for information or help finding their missing children Another, this is where it gets really, really weird for me. This is where it gets weird? This is, okay, this is very bizarre to me. Okay. They hired another private investigator who uncovered evidence, learning that the state fire marshal had been present that Christmas morning. Um, He had interviewed, or the, the state fire marshal stated that he interviewed everyone who sorted through all the remains of the building, all of which reported seeing human remains on the site. The state fire marshal also claims that he put Morris, the fire chief, mm-hmm. in charge of the remains and told him to inform the family. Mm-mm. However, again, Morris told the family that there were no remains found. What the fuck? Right? A local minister told the police um, that, which breaking his vows, by the way, told the police that Morris had confessed to him that he had found a heart in the ashes of the fire. uh, Because apparently when um, your internal organs burn, they become really bright red and it's very easy to find them in fires and stuff. Okay. So that's what they, that's what they're searching for when they're looking for bodies is the bright organs. If your flesh is burned up though, how do the organs not burn up? I think because they're they're made of really thick muscle and stuff like i don't know i have no idea but they turn really bright red that's so yeah Uh, a local minister told the police that morris had confessed that he had found a heart in the ashes of the fire and buried it in the box on the solder property police ordered morris to show them the buried box which he did and after testing concluded it was not a human heart but a beef liver what the fuck and had never been touched by fire what are we doing? Right. Police believe that Morris had misplaced or lost the children's actual remains and was trying to cover up for his failure, but he never confessed to anything. Right? So all of these people are saying, no, we saw the bodies, but 
Morris is like, no, there was no bodies. I don't know what you're talking about. And no one told the family. No one told the family. What? Yep. Is happening. But I don't know. It's just so weird to me that, like, all of these people didn't go and just be like, no, we, like, they didn't go to the Sauter family and say, no, I'm so sorry. We found your children's bodies. Yeah. Like, why are you still looking for them? mm -hmm. We found them. We found them. No one came to them and said this. They had to hire a private investigator. What in the world? Who was able to find the state fire marshal and ask them this question. And for the state fire marshal, who did not apparently see the remains, but said that they had been found because everyone he interviewed said, yeah, we found the bodies. And then put those bodies in charge of Morris to handle. Yeah. But no one can find them. No one knows what happened to the bodies. If they were there. That makes zero sense. Mm -hmm. What in the world? No idea. Despite efforts by law enforcement or the Sodders, nothing was ever fully concluded. The remaining family believed the local mafia were upset with George and had kidnapped the five children before setting the house ablaze as revenge. That the children would have lived out their lives but never contacted the family in fear of putting them in danger. Law enforcement believed that the second half... Uh, to be improbable, as it would be difficult to hold people hostage for that long. Mm-hmm. However, the FBI thinks that one of Jen- or Jenny's brothers kidnapped the children and took them to Florida. Why? I don't know. So uh, uh, the FBI finally was like, oh, we can chip in a little bit on this. And we think, because the, the one waitress said that she saw the car with Florida plates. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they think that Jenny's brother took them. I don't know. Where's Jenny um, again? Jenny's the mother. Oh, George and Jenny Sauter. Yes. I know there's a lot of names. It's a lot of of people. It's a family of 12. So, yeah. However, police investigated that as well, practically forcing the family to prove their their children um, were their own through DNA. I'm not sure entirely how they were able to prove that back in the 40s and even potentially, like, maybe into the 60s. I don't know. No. Because, like, DNA testing wasn't even really, like, big until, like, not even the 90s. And even then. We just talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like... (laughs) So, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing what they did was probably, like, a blood type test, because they were able to tell that stuff back then. But, yeah. like, I don't know. Internet sleuths believe, and this is kind of, this is what I believe happened as well. Okay. Um, internet sleuths believe that the children were kidnapped when they went out to do their chores before the fire even started. Mm-hmm. And that the oldest sister probably had been waiting for them to come back in and probably had just been like, oh, it was a long day. It's getting pretty late. I'll just close my eyes for a little bit. And she fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. And didn't realize that her siblings hadn't come back in. Yeah. Right? Because, like, the whole thing about, oh, the the window, the drapes were still open and stuff, right? Like, and through the fire, we don't even know if they even brought the chickens in and whatnot. You know, like, they were it's supposed true. to do yeah. from everything like that. That wasn't even an account. They don't even know. So. Yeah, that was my thought. Yeah. The last living member of the Sauter fam- family, Sylvia, who had been two at the time, she sadly passed in 2021, did not believe her children died in the, or the siblings had died in the blaze. She says the fire was her very first memory, even at two, oh. and would never forget her parents screaming and crying. Oh. George Sauter died in 1968. Jenny built a fence around the new home, continually adding new rooms and caring for the and caring for the garden where the old house resided. She also only donned black until her death in 1989. Oh. The Sodders billboard was taken down shortly after her death and a new building presides over the old home. Uh, we will more than likely never know what happened to the other Sodder children. That's so sad. I know. But that's very much one that I'm just like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Like, it, did the house, like, catch on fire? Did someone set it on fire? Like, you know. Yeah, it definitely seems like it was planned mm-hmm. with all of the weird shit that was said to them. Yeah. And 
hinted to them and the incendiary device. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Okay. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I know. I hate it. And like, and there's just so much about that that you're just like, but what is going on? These people are saying that they found the bodies. Yeah. But no one can prove that the bodies were actually in there because they're missing. Did someone have the fire department in their pocket? Right. Or like what? Exactly. We just took so long to get out there. Mm -hmm. And like, why why wasn't the operator available? Yeah. What? Why? Yeah. I don't know. No (sighs) idea. No idea. That's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so many like crossed wires and like weird things. Mm-hmm. So it's too it's too weird. And it makes you wonder if if they had been able to get into the house, if John or if George and, and John had been able to get in there, if they would have not found the siblings upstairs. Mm-hmm. You and know? then what? And like, then what? Yeah. Yeah. So also all that house went down in forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. You're telling me that an electrical fire started a house on fire. And it went and down. Took it to the ground. ground. Yeah. In forty five. I mean, minutes. it was like a wood house. Yeah. You know, but still. But still, that would be so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe for one minute that the parents had anything to do with it. No. So people are like, yeah, they did it for the insurance. They didn't get the insurance. No. It went to the fu- their went fucking to old m- boss, motherfucker over here. Yeah, and like yeah. the parents should not be looked at in the slightest for this. Other than George's opinions, maybe, but that's not a reason to be burning down his house, kidnapping and p- or potentially killing his children. No. Like yeah, because guess who's on his life insurance? Guess who's on his home insurance? Mm-hmm. His boss. His boss. His ex boss. Yep. Like why? First of all, mm-hmm. but like yeah, what? Why did they not look into that? I don't know. He had people in his pocket, mm-hmm. and like the whole the whole area was Italian mm-hmm. and stuff. So like, and a lot of them didn't agree with George's opinions on Mussolini. So like, yeah, that's a hot topic yeah. back then for sure. But still, oh my gosh. That postcard is so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean? What? Yep. What? No idea. And he does look just like the little boy. Yep. Just like him. It's just so weird to me. I just don't understand in the slightest. Like, no. and if the children were alive, if they were taken somewhere else, you know, which, and, and I mean, it would kind of make sense if it was just those five, because those five are the ones that went outside to do the chores. Yeah. So, and like, had um, the oldest sister gone out with them, would she have been kidnapped too? Mm-hmm. Would she be missing too? Like. Probably. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's just, it's very much one of those things where I was like, no, they were absolutely kidnapped. But I'm like, but then you have like all of these people over here saying they found bodies. But uh, other fired, like, current fire departments and stuff are like, no, they didn't even look through the house. Yeah. Like. It was cursory. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Which is it? I don't know. And did these people actually see the kids later? Mm-hmm. Or did they not? Yep. Especially the person who, like, the waitress that saw them in town. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you think it was weird? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you have, on Christmas morning, right? Mm-hmm. And this happened Christmas Eve night? Yeah. At one in the morning, the fire started. And at 12.30, Jenny had gone down to answer that phone call. The children were not downstairs. Mm-hmm. She thought they were upstairs. But the lights were on and the curtains were open. Mm-hmm. Ugh! Ugh! I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder. You know you know, she's been beating herself up her oh, yeah. whole life of, why didn't I just go check on them? Yep. Why didn't I just go make sure they were in bed? 100%. Mm-hmm. Because you always think, well, why didn't you? Why didn't you go check on them? It was a normal fucking night. I didn't want to wake them up. Christmas is tomorrow. They're trying to sleep. Like, you know, 
that phone call was already annoying enough. Like, fuck off. Like, right. I want to know what that was about. Yeah. Um, I did see one thing that said investigators claimed they found the woman who called and she really did say it was just a wrong number. Hmm. But I don't know. You never know. I mean, I guess you wouldn't want to wake her up on purpose. So Mm -hmm. I don't don't know if it's part of like the plan. Yeah. But I'm like, were you just drunk calling people? Like, you know, but that's that's another weird thing to me. I just fucking realized that. She got a phone call at 12.30. She did. Who, then, at what when time... When did you cut the fucking phone line? Did they line? cut the phone line? I just thought of that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's yucky. Oh, I feel yucky. Because their phone line was cut. Oh, I don't like that. That's... So, someone had to have cut. So, in the middle of the fucking night. Yeah. After, mid, after, after 12.30. Call. Between 12.30 and 1 a.m., someone had cut their power line. Because hmm. we don't know what time the men were stealing the equipment. They never said when that was. Yeah. So a neighbor could have very well been like, oh, those fucking guys, I'm going to call the police on them in the morning. Yeah. You know? But, like, <sighs> did they did they steal it earlier in the night? Like, because if they did, then who the fuck cut the phone line? Yeah, they wouldn't have been able to reach it. Nope. What the hell? Oh, my gosh, Shannon. I uh, like. That's crazy. And the one witness saying that he saw someone throwing fireballs onto the roof. Like, yeah. who could that have been? Was it those two guys stealing the equipment trying to have a, a, like, oh, no, we were just stealing stuff. We weren't throwing fireballs at the house. Right. But had then had been, but had been hired to throw fireballs at the house and stuff. Like, could be. And make it so the cars didn't run. And mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I don't like that. No. Nope. So, yeah, there's just so much of this that I'm just like, none of that makes sense. None of that makes sense. It makes me wonder, like, if this had happened in present day, mm-hmm. like, what more we could have found out or what more could have been done mm-hmm. or... I know, because there's so many of these cases that because they happened so long ago without the technology that we have now, mm-hmm. that you're like, what happened? Yeah. You know? Like, we'll never have answers. Never. Yep. I've I've got a list of things I'm asking. The Sauter family are right up there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just be like, we're going to sit down and have a true crime talk, okay? Yep. That's all Who I need to know. Who else wants to find out, everybody? So <laughs> For real. Have a true crime circle up in heaven, and you know it's all these fucking white girls. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that's definitely spooky. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm like, it's not scary, but it's one of those, like, what the fuck Yeah, happened? exactly. It's scary in the way of, like, what? Yeah. Because, like, I would... <laughs> My children are inside. Yeah. And I can't get in the house because the ladder's missing. Um, I can't obviously climb the side of the house my to get in there. My trucks won't start. My trucks that I would have used to climb through the window won't start. I would lose my mind. I would, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking lose my shit. Yeah. Yeah. And 45 minutes for the house to go down. That's 45 minutes of you standing there screaming for your children, hoping that they answer you. Mm-hmm. Not hearing a single Not thing. Not hearing a sound. Which they could have perished earlier in the fire if the smoke had killed them yeah but were they even in the house because a lot of people were saying like oh well how could they have taken them out of their beds you know they did like they didn't yeah i don't think they did yeah because like i as far as i'm aware i don't know maybe i have to look more into it maybe there's more books or something on this and stuff but like everything that i was seeing online the older sister didn't say anything about oh, well, they came back in and I just stayed on the couch because I was already sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't say anything about anything, you know? And I'm like, maybe they just weren't interviewed well enough. Like, just, I don't know. It seems like authorities weren't really doing their job, so no. wouldn't be surprised. No. And it's always these little towns where the the 
police are like, no, everything's fine. Which, and again, that's a thing of, did the police just not care? Because they were in the, the mafia's pockets. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it was Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't want to be there <laughs> no. doing any of this. Like Who does? Yeah. That's why you're a police officer. Are all of my true crime cases about Christmas? Because I've talked about... Um, yeah. I talked about Debbie. I talked about... John Bonet. Yeah. Have I done any other true crimes? I can't remember right now. But yeah, those three have been about Christmas time. Like Christmas Day. The fuck's my problem? <laughs> <laughs> Bad things happen at Christmas time, I'll find it. I'll find one that's not Christmas <laughs> next time, guys. Like, Unless it's but, like Christmas time and then... Uh, yeah, yeah, then that's different. Yeah, but like, fine. But this is one... Like, I've, I know I've said a few times that like there are a couple that haunt me. This is one that haunts me. Debbie haunts me. The Sodder children haunt me. I really want to know what happened to John Bonet. I don't. I don't want to say oh, she haunts me as much. It's so sad, and I feel so bad for it. But I personally think I know what happened. Exactly. So like, I don't. It doesn't haunt me as much. Oh, I did. I did the other family that went on vacation. Uh, crap. They went on vacation. The British family and their daughter went missing. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't think of her name right now um, because I just want to say John Bonet. Mm-hmm. Madeline McCann. Yes, yes, Thank yes, you. yes. Yeah. That oh, was... and uh, there was something the other day talking about how they found some new DNA evidence in the John Bonet Ramsey case, and I've heard jack diddly about it. What the fuck? I don't know. They okay. were straight up just like, oh yeah, we found this new DNA evidence, and we think it's the killers. Okay. And they haven't released anything about they, it. They haven't compared it with anything yet. Nope. And there was some girl a little while ago who was like, I believe I'm Madeline McCain. Yeah. And she did the DNA test and it wasn't her. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've seen that a couple different times. Yeah. So I did one that wasn't Christmas. You did. Well, they were on vacation. What time? What holiday were they on vacation for? <laughs> Let me see. Let's see if I can find it real quick. <laughs> That'd be so funny if it was Christmas Great. time. April 28th for their vacation. Not Christmas. That's good. Aha! I didn't do a Christmas one, guys. But, yeah. There's, yeah, there's just quite a few. Um, I'm still working on another one, but that one is so long from, like, all the information they have, because it happened just a few years ago. Hmm. And so there's a lot of, oh, this evidence here and this evidence here and this and that and stuff. That one is so intriguing to me. I think I know what happened. A lot of people think they know what happened, and they can't prove it. Mm, so love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we'll we'll get there we'll when talk we get about there. That one day. So anyway. Well, thank you. Yes, I know. <laughs> I feel so bad because it's so hard because it's like these are so sad. What happened to them and stuff? And like I, I just it is interesting though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like thank you is the wrong way I know. to say it, but and thank it's like, you. And it's weird, too, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, all of this is so intriguing and so interesting and everything. But, like, I also feel bad because these are people's lives and yeah. stuff. And so I don't want it to be, like, this whole, like, oh, here's all this. But I also want people to know what is in my head all the time, too, yeah. you know? Because I, I genuinely... Okay, when TikTok was doing that hilarious, stupid, I didn't get it entirely thing, like, oh, how often does your boyfriend think of the Roman Empire? Yeah. The Sauter family, Debbie, some of these other cases, they're my Roman Empire. <laughs> I think about them often. That's like, funny. something will happen, something, I'll see something and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, the Sauter children. Like, hmm. and immediately start thinking of that again. It's funny. It's so, like, it's just so weird to me. I think we all have so, that, that thing mm-hmm. that we just randomly think about all the time and compare everything to. But. Yep. But yeah, I when I started doing this one, I completely forgot it was Christmas. I totally did not realize it was Fayetteville. Yeah, that was funny. Like, 
I was like, what the fuck is happening there? You know, so. Yeah. It seems yeah. like the police didn't change much. Nope. In the next couple decades. Nope. Won't let the FBI come. Yep. Big dicks. Why not? It's not like it costs them anything. I right. just don't get it. I don't get it. Unless the police and the fire marshal fully believe that they fucked something up. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want the FBI to realize it. Or or the that mafia. they were or that they were dirty, yeah. Because yeah. I'll never I will never get over the fact that all these people said, We found these bodies. Where are they? Mm-hmm. Well, we gave them to Morris. Why? Why were they not turned over to uh, to the coroner's office? Exactly. Why there was it a coroner? I mean, yeah, that. I know it was 45 and stuff, but you're telling me that a coroner didn't come out to pick up the bodies? Yeah, they should have. They should have. Why was it given to the fire marshal and not like a police chief or something? Like, I just, I'm no so sense. confused. Yeah. Makes no sense. And, and George and Jenny, to the end of their days, believed their children were still alive. Sylvia, to the end of her days, believed that they were still alive. I would have loved to have talked to Sylvia. Right. Like, I, I went and looked up her obituary, and she seemed like the sweetest lady. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, obituaries obviously try to make people sound right. Little, you know, but like, from, they were, uh, con- uh, said like, she filled her children's lives with construction paper, tape, and warm cookies. And I was like, oh. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. So sweet. So, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I would have loved to have chatted with her. I'm glad they didn't lose all of their children. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. It's almost worse. And losing half, yeah. half your children. One's at war. I don't know what happened to him. I yeah. should have Googled that, but I didn't know what happened to Joe. Imagine coming home after the war mm-hmm. and just being like, hmm, well, I don't know where my five siblings are. Gosh. Yep. That would suck. John probably feeling guilty because he told police in the first that he went up to the attic, but was unable to get up there and just, you know, mm-hmm. but then later said, no, I was only calling up the stairs because the stairs were on fire. Like, yeah. you know. As a big brother, you're 22 years old, and your five-year-old little sister could have been in that attic. Mm. You're going to make me cry. I know. Like, I just... (laughs) It's heartbreaking to think, because I'm like... Because I don't have any younger siblings, but to sit there and think, like... Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I have Chanel, but like, she's, you know, yeah. I didn't grow up with her as a child, yes. you know, like I didn't, I wasn't there for her birth and stuff, but I was there for my nieces and nephews. Yeah. I was five when my oldest nephew was born. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, yeah. How you can live with that. I, I don't know. Like, it's just heartbreaking to think that like, cause, cause you know, you know, these families are just plaguing themselves. What if I'd done this differently? What if I'd done this differently? What if I'd done this what differently? What if I'd made them go to bed on time? Mm-hmm. What if I didn't make them do the chores that night? Mm-hmm. What if I had checked on them? Yeah. Yeah. Like everything, mm-hmm. everything you can possibly think of Yep. for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And they lived pretty long lives. Yep. So she lived to 80 or till she was uh, 1989 is when she died. I don't know what year she was born. So yeah. I don't know how old she was, but Oh, and uh, Sylvia's obituary mentioned her siblings. Mm. So, that yeah. was very mm-hmm. part of her. Yeah. Crazy that she remembers that. Mm-hmm. That would suck. I know. Two years old, she says the first thing she remembers was the fire and her parents screaming and her father crying. What a fun memory. Right? That's so cool. I know. I know I I go and think back of my oldest memory I know I have memories before that but the first thing I think of is like oh what's the oldest thing I remember is fucking sobbing at the Fiddler's um, Halloween carnival (laughs) with my mom being that head on the table you know and thinking that 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 she was dead like poor little me to know what was coming just like (laughs) (laughs) not like that luckily but you know foreshadowing foreshadowing but like 
That would be traumatic. Yeah, sure. I was sobbing. They had to go get her, make her come out and show be me like, she was okay. I'm alive, don't yep. worry. But like, yeah, when I sit there and I think back, I'm like, nope, that's one of the first things I remember. Or sitting and watching, don't know why, don't judge me. Okay. I was like five or maybe younger. I don't know. It was before I was going to like kindergarten or whatever. Um, watching Barney wrapped in a poster. <laughs> And my oldest sister, Lene, going off to high school. Nice. And she's like, okay, hey, bye. And I'm Why like, Why did bye. you for Barney? I watched Barney. Wrapped in a poster? Okay, maybe not that part, but... I was, like, naked, wrapped in a poster. <laughs> like, a say that poster. Part. Yep. Like, was it a Barney poster? I think so. Nice. Yep. <clears throat> anyway, completely off topic. We derailed. Completely derailed. As we derailed. always do, but... I stayed on pretty good this you time, did. so... It's <clears throat> pretty good storytelling. Yes, thank you. So, well, we hope you enjoyed yes. this episode of Spooktober. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Have a great time. Have a great time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Let us know what you think by leaving a comment or sending us an email at bmoviebashpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to our episodes on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and Audible. Or you can find the video versions on our YouTube channel. If you want to support the podcast, you can find our coffee link on our Anchor page. Make sure to like, subscribe, and tell your friends. Have you been wanting to make your personal care routine more eco-conscious? Well, allow me to introduce you to Wild. Wild is a natural deodorant that actually works and is great for both your body and the planet. Wild is made from natural ingredients, is vegan and cruelty-free, and doesn't have things like aluminum, parabens, or harsh chemicals that can irritate your skin. Wild is actually made with bamboo, seriously, what can't bamboo do at this point, and ingredients that you'll recognize, like shea butter and baking soda. My favorite part about Wild is the fully sustainable design. When you first order your deodorant, you'll get to pick out a cute aluminum case, and after that, you order refills to go inside. I have the aqua-colored case right now. For those of you who know me personally, of course I chose the aqua case, but they have a ton of different colors you can choose from. They even have patterned cases, including a limited edition one right now with little wiener dogs on it that is super adorable. They have lots of great scents, like mint and eucalyptus or coconut dreams, and they even have a little mini sample pack of deodorant that you can order so you can try different scents before committing to one. If wild deodorant sounds like something you might want to try, then go wild today with a special discount of 25% off your first order when you use code JUDGINGYOU at checkout. Go to wearewild.com and use code JUDGINGYOU at checkout. Enjoy!